Hey, everybody. Welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. I'm so thankful for you guys. For real. Thank you. I was thinking about that during worship, and you guys just give a lot, like a lot of everything. You know, you guys give a lot of time to dedicate to this, um, seen and unseen, so we're super thankful. And yeah, and go Chiefs. Like, I, this is, I'm not even just saying that because my husband, but during worship, I was reminded of the prophetic word that Bob Jones had said, like, I'm not even going to be able, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> Joy of the Lord. <laughs> hey, can we have some energy like that? Um, Bob Jones had, get, had said a prophetic word years ago, and he said something like, when, watch for when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, then there will be signs of revival, or a revival is coming after that. So anyways, I don't know where that came from during worship, but I, I just like remembered your jersey and I was like, hey, go Chiefs. And then I was like, wow, isn't it crazy that after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, literally like that year, COVID hit and then it's been crazy ever since. That just blows my mind. If anything, that shows us that the enemy does not, he wants to try to stop us, but he can't. Because that word like was, yeah, you can't make that up. So anyways, I was reminded of that. And Brian, you didn't, you didn't raise your hand when Jake asked if anyone was athletic or did sports. I was just wondering. <laughs> just wondering. <laughs> Let's pray. God, I thank you for your presence in this place, Lord. We thank you for just being here. We thank you for encountering us no matter where, no matter when, no matter what we're doing. We thank you for your goodness in this place. We open our hearts to you for all that you have for us, God. We lay aside everything that we came in here with so that we can leave here different. We don't want to leave this place the same, and we don't want to shut the video off online and leave here the same. We want to leave here different. So we welcome you here right now. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. I was going to say another thing, but I forgot, because you're all staring at me. That's why. No, I'm just joking. Okay, um, we're just going to get right at it, because it's 739, and yeah. But I feel like the Lord is calling us to stand out. So this is what we're going to talk about. And I feel like as Christians, we're automatically supposed to stand out, Right? Like, we should be different. By just being a Christian, we should be different. But unfortunately, it seems like there's not really much difference right now between Christians and the world. And that's not all Christians, because that's just not. It wouldn't be fair to say that. But there isn't much difference. And I feel like we've had a lot of messages lately preached on, um, preached on this you know, standing out, looking different um, than the world. And yeah, so I don't think that it's a coincidence that the Lord 
like laid this on my heart. I honestly, like, I was having a tough time this week. I tell you guys, I like to, ha- I like to know in advance. And it was like Wednesday. I was like, okay, I'm sweating a lot. Any day, anytime now. Not any day, please, not another day go by. But I honestly feel like the Lord is calling us to stand out. And we may, I don't want you guys to like shut your ears now that I'm, I said that because we've heard many messages like that. Because let's just, I promise you, let's, yeah. But let's turn to Numbers 13. If you have your Bibles. Hey, Kayla, during worship, I saw a lion for you. I saw a lion like over you. So I don't know what that means, but (laughs) it was a good lion. (laughs) Okay, Numbers 13. The Lord's calling us to stand out. We're supposed to be different, all right? Numbers 13. You guys probably are like, why do you always pick the same stories? Numbers, between Numbers and Exodus, it's because the word is alive. And it's gonna, it's always something. I read it and I'm like, oh my gosh, what? I already read that. How'd I get that? Again, something new. Um, so I'm going to sum up Numbers 13 for you. But the Lord had spoke to Moses, and he told Moses to send one person from each tribe to go and spy out the land, right? So they went and they spied out the land, and they came back after 40 days. And they were supposed to see what the land looked like, all that kind of stuff. They came back, and they were like, the land was beautiful, like the fruit there was awesome. It was amazing. And the Israelites, they kind of frustrate me sometimes because they're like, oh my gosh, like their doubt and their attitude. And they're like, oh gosh, they test the Lord, man. They, if you read, like they seen God work, (laughs) like in crazy ways, and they still doubt him. It was, it's just crazy to me. So anyways, they came back after the 40 days. They were letting, they were like giving their scouting report. And they were like, the land is beautiful. Like all of this, all of this good stuff. But they're like, but there are giants there and they're very powerful. I don't know how they knew that or where they, I don't, I wasn't there. You weren't there. So I don't know how they knew that. But They limited themselves at that point, right? They're like, but the giants are very powerful. And they decided not to go up against them because they were going to die. Like that was the reality that they were going to die. So they didn't do what God had told them to do. They were like, oh, we can't do this. We're going to die. Numbers 13, verse 31, it says, we can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. The land we explored will devour anyone who goes there. Here's my first point, is we're called to stand out. And the power of our words will make a difference on whether or not we stand out. How many know that our words are super powerful? Like we know that, right? We create a reality in our minds because of the things that we speak. They were, they decided, it's like we, we speak things and it becomes, it becomes like truth to us. We speak things in our mind. We're like, we say things over and over and over. For example, oh, I'm not a good wife. Oh, I couldn't do that. I can't go up against them because they're going to beat me. That, be, that becomes our reality. That becomes our truth because we say it. That's how powerful our words are. 
My husband was telling me this week, actually, sometimes I think that when, <laughs> when somebody's up here speaking, we're like, oh, they got it all together. They're preaching this message at me. They never experience it. Let me tell you, that is false. This happened to me this week. My husband was like, hey, I really think that if you knew the power of your words, you would consider saying things differently. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, the power, in the nice way. It was what I was, yeah. That was, I don't know if that sounded mean or not, but. Yeah, that's fine. You guys know his heart, right? He was saying how I would be more careful of what I said if I knew the power of my words. So this is, I'm going, this is all to say that the person up here, like, I, I'm saying this from my, I'm living this, you know, the power of our words. Um, but it made me realize, like, what am I speaking over my job? What am I speaking over my spouse? What am I speaking over my family? What am I speaking over my pets? That sounds ridiculous, but they say that golden retrievers have hip problems, and I am just rebuking that over my dog. Like, I am speaking life over her hips. That sounds ridiculous, but I will not partner with that in my house. That's, like, super crazy, but it says you ask the Lord for anything in his name, and it shall be done. You know, he will protect my dog and my cat. <sighs> okay, for sure my dog. Here's the thing. I know there's cat lovers in this room, and do not be shameful about it, <laughs> okay? I saw Pastor Bob sent my husband an email, and he's like, my husband was making a sell us, and he said something about my cat and my dog, and Pastor Bob was like, for sure your dog will be blessed. And I'm like, oh, my cat, though, <laughs> Don't be a cat hater. She's awesome. Her name's Mr. Willie. If you have questions, you can see me after. <laughs> Carlos from Casa was over last night and he's like, I'm just I'm just wondering, like, Mr. Willie, it's a girl, just could you? And I'm like, Yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Just fits. And when you know her, you will know it fits. Anyways, don't be a cat hater until you meet Mr. Willie. Okay? Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but seriously, the Lord, like the power of our words, what we speak over our house, what we speak over our family, what we speak over our job, what we speak over our pets, what we speak over our kids, it all matters. Because it literally, like, we speak something over somebody and it like clings to it. We speak something over ourselves and it clings to us. We begin to, we begin to function out of that place. Um, it says in Proverbs 18.21 that the tongue has the power of life or death. There's no gray area in that. There, it's not like, hey, the tongue has the power to bring life, death, and maybe some wounds. Like, there's no gray area. So our words are either, like, lifting up or tearing down. There's no gray area. <laughs> so it's like, I think that we can oftentimes, like, have maybe, like, an excuse. Well, but, you know have an explanation for what we're saying. There's no explanation because there's no gray area. Did it, tear, did it encourage somebody or did it not? You know, did it lift yourself up or did it not? Because that there's just, there's no room for gray area in that. In their words, the 10 spies, so there was 12, and 10 of them were like, we can't go up against them. We're not going to win. We're going to get eaten alive. And two of them were fighting the opposite. And the 10 of them, their words affected the next generation. Isn't that crazy? And the two of them, their words may not have changed their circumstance in the moment, but it like benefited the next generation. 
So even as a parent, what we speak over ourselves, our kids, like, come into that. You know? So it's like when I'm a mom, like, what I speak over myself, my kids are walking into that. So in, I better be speaking good stuff, right? Or as a, as a husband, or as a dad, I mean, like, whatever you're speaking over yourself, your son's going to be walking right into that. What are you thinking about yourself? You know, like, what are we thinking about ourselves? What are we saying about ourselves? Even in the mirror, like, that sounds crazy, but when you look in the mirror, you're like, wow, woo. You know, it's like your, your son or your daughter is going to, like, pick, the, pick up on that. That's what they're going to walk into. You know, our words have power for generations, not just for us, but generations. And so, yeah, there really is no gray area. And when we speak harmful things or we speak doubt over ourselves, it's really a reflection of us not knowing who we are. It's like we, we don't recognize who's inside of us. We forget who we are be, because we forget who God is. He's inside of us. We forget that. So we speak harmful things over ourselves. We speak doubt into our lives. We confuse ourselves because of all the doubt that we're speaking over ourselves. You know, because of the questions that we're asking ourselves. We're, we're yeah. But after five minutes of spending time with somebody, you can really tell like what's inside of them, because whatever we speak is coming from the inside of us. Matthew 15, 18, it says, but what comes out of your mouth reveals the core of your heart, right? Like the core of our being, whatever we're speaking, even the jokes that we make, you know, whatever comes out of our mouth, it really reveals what's on the inside of us. And how are we going to stand out to this world if what we're saying matches exactly what they're saying? I'm saying this from a place of doing it. You know, I'm not saying this from a place of being good at it. But it really should be different than what's coming out of the world's, world's mouth. We should be the most encouraging, faith-filled, patient people that the world will ever meet. That's who we should be. Because they're never going to, they, yes, we should be something different than they are experiencing. When somebody messes up your food at a restaurant, are you like, oh gosh, I'm not going to give them a tip. Like they're going to get a very little tip now. It's like, or if somebody cuts you off in traffic, are you going to be like, oh, are you serious? Oh, my gosh. That's, don't drive with me. I'm working on it. The Lord is working on me. But um, whatever example you want to take. But we should be the ones that are acting different. If the, if the person messes up your food, bless them even more. If somebody cuts you off in traffic, wave to them. God bless you, you know, and, be, and mean it. <laughs> God bless you. No. But seriously, mean what we do. We need to be different. You know, when somebody's super rude with you, be patient to them. Show them love. When we're squeezed, Todd White says this, when you squeeze an orange, apple, apple juice should not come out. When you squeeze a Christian, Jesus should be the only thing coming out of us. Jesus is love. Jesus is patient. Read 1 Corinthians 13. Jesus is all of those things. He is kind. Jesus is kind. When we're squeezed in a trial, we should be kind. We should be patient. You know, there should be something different about us because of what we speak. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because it definitely makes sense to me. I'm like, oh, Lord, I will be patient in traffic. <laughs> it's fine.
I will not be mad if I get onions on my burger. <laughs> or on my pizza. Oh. Probably just sausage pizza from Kids Corner is the best. It goes like Kids Corner and then Little Caesars. Like they're hand in hand. <laughs> Judge me. <laughs> and it, my bank account also likes Little Caesars. Okay. But they're not going to be open after church tonight, so don't try to go there. I already try every time. Okay, second, the comparison game. They lost, the Israelites, the, the, ten, the ten spies, they lost who they were because they were focusing on who, other, who everybody else was. And that's the same thing with us. We focus on other people, we forget who we are. But when we focus on the Lord, we will never forget who we are. When we genuinely focus on the Lord, I preached a couple weekends ago on living for the Lord alone. And I'm telling you, that's a thing. Because when we focus only on him, we will never forget who we are, ever. Ever. But they forgot who they were because they were too focused on who they were. They're going to they're gonna devour us if we go into that land. No, they're not. Because who's, who's fighting for you? It literally says, I, he's going to fight for you. But I believe that we compare ourselves to other people because we forget who we are and we forget who is living inside of us. And when we compare, I believe that it's pride. I could be really wrong, but I really believe that it's pride because we're saying, hey, God, what you created in me isn't good enough. Hey, what you created in me, in me who I am, I want to be like Stacy. Like, we're saying that who, who he made us to be is not enough. It's not good enough. And we need to be like somebody else to be something else. That's pride. Because who it says in Ephesians 2.10 that we are his masterpiece, that we are his poetry, that we are his handiwork, created in him. So to say that I need to be somebody else is a disservice to him and his beautiful work that he made in me and in you. We're not supposed to be like the one sitting next to us. We're not supposed to be like the one in our jobs. We're supposed to be like us. Because the world needs us to be us. The world needs Tony to be Tony. That's it. Not Tony to be Haley. We can't be each other. Or not Pastor Jake to be Pastor Bob, but him to be him. You know? We can't be, we can't be each other. Or else we're going to strive to be in a place that we're not supposed to be in. We're supposed to be exactly who he's made us to be. In, even like husband and wife. I know that like it can be sometimes like a battle. It's like, oh, well, you know, they really like my husband and I'm going to try to be just like him so that they like me. But it's like, no, like that's not, that's not what God has intended for you at all. If anything, you're trying to walk in his shoes and they're way bigger than yours. So probably, or I'm just speaking for myself. <laughs> yeah, but when I'm comparing myself, I'm internally tearing myself down. And the world does not need a compromised version of you. They need a bold version of you. And that bold version of you only comes from him. It comes from knowing him. So don't let the voice of fear silence the gift that's inside of you. Or don't let the voice of comparison silence the gift that's inside of you. You're not supposed to be anybody else. You're not supposed to be anybody else. You're supposed to be you. So if we tr stop trying to be our neighbor, we will be more effective, you know? 
We live a compromised life when we don't walk in who God has designed us to be. We live a compromised life when we compare who we are to somebody else or what somebody else is doing for a job or we wish that we were where somebody else was. We're supposed to be doing what we're doing right now, not what somebody else is doing. This probably sounds super elementary, but this is a way that we're, we're not going to stand out if we live in a state of comparison. We're not going to stand out to the world at all if we're trying to like measure up to somebody else. We're not going to stand out. And we need to stand out now more than ever. Now more than ever. And Caleb, he stood out. Caleb tried to silence them, tried to silence the ten that said, hey, we're not going to go up against them. They're going to eat us alive, literally. It's like Caleb tried to silence them, but they literally got so, so upset with him. So in Numbers 14, if you guys want to turn to your Bibles there, Numbers 14, 6 through 12, um, Caleb and Joshua They said to all the people of Israel, The land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me, even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them? I will disown them and destroy them with a plague. Then I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they are. Do you want to know what standing out looks like? It looks like not giving in to what everybody else is giving into. It looks like being a Caleb. It looks like standing out. It looks like being uncomfortable. It looks like having a voice. It looks like, you know, being different than what your coworker is. It looks like doing something different. We are called to be different. As Christians, we should automatically be different, but unfortunately, we've conformed. Because of, because of voices going on around us, because of other things, because of what our neighbor is saying, we've conformed, we've listened to that. But be a Caleb and stand up with a voice. You know, we're supposed to stand up with a voice. God is moving, and he wants us to be the ones to communicate what he's doing. And it's going to be through us. When everyone else around us is filled with fear of what's going to happen or what's going on, we need to speak out. Because we have the answer. We have the key. And the key is Jesus. That is the key. And when we want to know what's happening on the news and we want to know what's going on, like those, like the news is the news is nice because it keeps us informed. But the thing is, this is where we should be going. For any answer that we need, this is the only place that we should be going and on our knees with the Lord. That is it. Google is not going to give us the answers. The Word of God is going to give us the answers, the only answers that we need. Google will give us a lot of answers. It really helps me with math when I need to bake things. It's, yeah, Janae's like, I don't need no math. My, my coffee cake tastes awesome. <laughs> math with measuring things, I mean, sorry, I mean to be more clear, but 
The answer is living inside of us. So when we have the answer living inside of us, the world needs the answer that's living inside of us. And it's Jesus. It's not Google. It's not an iPhone. It's not an Android. It's not what we can look up on CNN or whatever news. I don't even, I don't know anything about the news. That's why I don't even, I only know CNN. It's probably not a good thing. But, or Facebook news. I don't know. We only need this. We should be carrying this around. And when somebody asks us a question, we should flip to this. Be like, hey, I have the answer for you. And it's living. It's this. It's the Lord. Oh, yeah, that's how we're going to stand out. So, yeah. So, okay, so after the Lord said he was going to disown them and destroy them, that sounds really violent. You know, I'm going to destroy them and disown them. I would probably really be really frustrated too after I did all of these things and nobody listened to me. I'd be like, Yes, <laughs> but Moses interceded for them <laughs> on their behalf. And then we're going to go to Numbers 14. We're going to start in verse 20. It says, Then the Lord said, I will pardon them as you have requested, but as surely as I live and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter that land. They have all seen my glorious presence in the miraculous signs I performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They will never even see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. In the NIV, it says, um, but my servant Caleb has followed me wholeheartedly. So first things first is we need to follow the Lord wholeheartedly. That is how we're going to stand out, is when we, when we follow the Lord wholeheartedly. And some of us are afraid of commitment, I think. And the thing is, is when we commit to the Lord, that fear of commitment in relationships with people is going to shatter. That fear of commitment, I don't know where that came from earlier, but that commitment thing that people are afraid of or afraid to like commit to a relationship or a friendship because we've been hurt in the past, but that fear of commitment is going to shatter when we commit to the Lord because we have to, like when we encounter God, things like that have to break. So fear of commitment is going to shatter. And it's really cool that um, the difference is between the ten and the two is that Caleb listened to whose voice? The Lord's voice. That's pretty crazy. They, the ten, didn't remain loyal to him because they refused to listen to his voice. They refused to listen to, to his voice. And that's where they ended up. How many voices are we allowing to speak into our lives? You know, I'm, I'm speaking about how to stand out here. So this is like my main point is like how to stand out. And when we allow a lot of voices to speak into our lives, into our hearts, to affect who we are and to affect the decisions that we're making, it's going to be chaotic for us. But when we allow the Lord only to speak into our hearts and into our lives and to be the one that influences who we are and what we're doing, our lives are not going to be chaotic. Am I right? 
Is this too elementary? Yeah. A lot of voices brings confusion, and God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Something that I've been meditating on is that we have peace living inside of us. And I'm so convicted of this. That's why I've been meditating on it is because I often pray. I'm like, Lord, give me more peace. He is peace, the Prince of Peace. And the Prince of Peace lives where? Inside of me. So when I'm asking for more peace, which is a really good thing to ask for, but really I should be tapping into who is inside of me. Peace lives in you. Peace lives inside of us. He lives inside of us. I don't know if this is making any sense, but this is like an aha moment to me. Peace lives inside of us. So when we're asking for more peace, we really should be asking for more of him because he is inside of me. So when anxiety is inside of me, anxiety has to die because peace is in me. When fear is inside of me, it can't be there because peace is inside of me. Peace is living inside of me and it's Jesus. He's living inside of me. So everything else that's trying to rob me of my life has to leave because peace is inside of me. And that's the thing is that's how we're going to stand out of the wor- in, in the world is because peace is very not there. <laughs> but we have peace living inside of us and that's how we're going to stand out. That's what the world needs is a lot of peace. And peace is Jesus. So we, yeah. It's him. In John 14, 27, it says, in the Amplified, it says, Peace I leave with you, my perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. The world needs peace, and it's only found in Jesus. We need peace, and it's only found in Jesus, which is found in me. He is in me, and peace is in me. That's it. I don't know if this is making sense to you guys, but it's all good. And our attitude should be different, right? (laughs) This is how we're going to stand out, is have a different attitude. So in different translations, it says that um, Caleb had a different spirit. And that word spirit in the Hebrew is mind. Our mind should be different. We're going to stand out to the world when we have a different mind. <laughs> Am I right? Romans 12, 1 and 2. We've heard this read, and we probably know some of these Bible verses like, oh, yeah, do not conform. Maybe we don't know them. That's totally okay. But sometimes we need to look at this with a whole different perspective, with a whole, like a, a fresh lens, because we can be robbed of something that God's trying to do in us when we read things through the same old lens. You know, that's why I read Numbers and Exodus all the time and get something different out of it. Hello, it's fresh. Okay, Romans 12, 1 and 2 in the Passion Translation, it's telling us to to surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred and living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. 
This will empower you to discern, to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. You know that word imitating? It means to take or follow as a model. So, the, so it's literally saying to stop taking and following the world as a model. Stop taking the things that the world is saying and following them as a model in your life. It's saying stop taking the things that they are projecting onto you and stop taking them and living like that. Hey, every, everybody's filled with all of this fear and worry. Hey, you should live like that. No, it's saying stop living like that. Hey, we should be anxious for what's going to happen the next couple of weeks. No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. It says to stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. The opinions. Hello. Everyone has their own opinion. And you want to know, my, co- my boss said one time, I worked at RCU. I'm going to give him away right now. He told me, he's like, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, even if it stinks. I was like, my opinions are great. He was saying that to me, by the way. That was not to everybody. That was to me. I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. So we need to stop imitating the opinions of the culture. There's a lot of opinions right now. The only opinion that matters is Jesus. The only opinion that matters is this. This, that, yep, okay. So how do we renew our minds? We surrender to God and stop trying to imitate the world. And you're probably like, well, that's way easier said than done, Abby. That's way easier said than done. That's an excuse. There's no excuse. Like, it's way easier said than done is just an excuse. And I've been super convicted of that lately of the excuses that I've been making. It's like, well, that's really hard. You know, I say that a lot. I need to stop saying that. Well, it's just hard to do that. It's hard to renew my mind. It's hard to think on things differently. That is an excuse. That's just an excuse. Like, as we're making up that excuse, we could be changing our mind. <laughs> I don't know. Yep, too many excuses. Okay. Um, the word renew in that, in that um, Romans 12, 1 and 2 in the Greek, it is renovation. Isn't that cool? So it's literally saying to be transformed by the renovation of your mind. When you think of renovation, what do you think of? Remodeling. How? Demo. Chip and Joanna Gaines. Or Brian and Mary. Demo. <laughs> demo day. Hey, who's seen, what's it? What is, what's their, what's their? Fixer. Yeah. Wait, is that what I'm thinking of? Chip and Joanna? Oh, okay. Yeah. Demo day. No ship lap. <laughs> oh. Hey, you hear that? Ship lap in their house. No, <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Okay, but anyways, seriously, to be transformed by the renovation of your mind. You literally think of demo, right? You think of like a, a house makeover. You think of remodeling. And remodeling takes work. Renovation takes a lot of work. So have you ever seen a house flipped? Like you've you bought it one way or you've seen it one way and all of a sudden it's a whole brand new house? That takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of diligence. That takes a lot of time. But when we renew our minds, it's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. Um, when, you, when you 
renovate a house, we renovated a house, you want to um, throw up the picture of the bathroom, the, the before bathroom. And maybe dim the lights a little. You really don't want to see this. I'm joking. <laughs> Thank the Lord for renovations. But anyways, when we renovate, okay, you see that? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You see that window? That window leads to a backyard. And you want to know what else that window leads to? Back stairs, like the entrance to your house. I'm like, oh, perfect. Who wants? Yeah, that's great. Okay, so green tile, you know, the cushion on the toilet seat, that's also awesome. The toilet, I mean, the, the bathtub was disgusting. The mirror, you see those little um, silver things in the wall where you put your soap bar of soap or something? I don't know. Yeah, two soap dishes. I don't know. And then the lights, those two lights are the only lights in the bathroom. It's great. Okay, perfect. Next picture. Woo! Isn't that beautiful? There's no more window. It's beautiful. I remember we had to put, okay, you can turn the lights on for a second. We had to put a shower curtain on that window so that nobody obviously saw in. But it was like when you're taking a shower, you have a shower curtain on one side and a shower curtain on the other. It's like so uncomfortable in there. Like, oh gosh, I'm washing my hair. It's fine. Yeah. Anyways, that's what a renovation, that's what it looks like. But there was a picture in between that I didn't send where it was all the way down to the studs. We need to renovate our minds. We need to renovate our minds all the way down to the studs so that we can see the foundation of what we're thinking on, of who we are. We need to renovate who we are all the way down to the studs so that we can be different, so that we can stand out. Our minds should be totally different. When we renew our minds, that's what it looks like, a brand new bathroom. When we renew our minds, people can't even tell the difference. Like there's like, I mean, they can tell the difference. They can tell such a difference. You know, when I'm one way, but now I'm another way, when the world is thinking one thing, when the world has a window in their bathroom, when they are like that, but we are like a brand new bathroom, that's what it's like. That's what it's like to stand out. When you drive down a street and somebody did their, their siding totally different, you have to do a double take. It's like, oh my gosh, what? That's a brand new house. We are brand new houses and we need to have the mind of Christ. We need to have the mind of Christ. It's renovation for a realigning. You know what I mean? I'll show you guys a picture later of our finished project. But my husband did all of that. So, yeah. Like my, yeah, Chip. Chip Lazar. Yep. Yeah. So if you need any work, side jobs on, the, on a Saturday. <laughs> Jake and Matt are busy. Just <laughs> joking. But for real. Caleb and Joshua were not um, imitating the opinions around them, but instead they stood out because they had a brand new mind. Their minds had a renovation to them. You know what I mean? So anyways, if you guys want to stand with me. And maybe if I get Sorry. I want you to be able to stand down here sometime. We are the church. 
This is a building. The building does not confine us. Thank you, Lord. When we leave, the church leaves because we are the church. And there's a lot of people that need us to be who we are. There's a lot of things going on that need us to know who we are, to know who God is, to know what he's called us to do. And that is to stand out. We are to stand out. It's crazy because Caleb and Joshua, they not only stood out amongst the 12 of them, but they stood out to the whole community. In World Harvest, I think that we stand out to the whole community as it is in a really good way, though. Like, I hear often, people don't know that I attend here, but they're like, yeah, I really hear that, that church, World Harvest, like, they're really doing something. That's awesome. Like, we are standing out. And people are being influenced because of our lives. And we need to know that when, wherever we go, no matter where we are, it's obvious that the Lord lives inside of us. Or is it? You know, we, it should be obvious that the Lord lives inside of us and that we're allowing him to move inside of me. And that my words are his words and that my love is his love. Who I am is because of him. The world should know us because of our love. We should stand out. Romans 8.11, hear this with a fresh perspective. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. He is living in you. And he is living in me, not just so that we can experience butterflies and have goosebumps when we worship, but so that everybody around us can know Jesus. So that we can stand out amongst a crowd of people. That's it. That's the only reason. Not the only reason. A lot of reasons. But really, he's living in us for your neighbor. He's speaking to you for you and for your neighbor. He's encountering you for you and your neighbor. You experience goosebumps and chills for you and your neighbor. You have that fire burning inside of you for you and your neighbor. You love, you're patient for you and your neighbor. So what's going to make us stand out is our words, our confidence in being who we are, knowing who he is, renewing our minds, not conforming, but living as he's living in me. So if you, with all eyes closed, let's close our eyes in this place. If you want to stand out, 
more than maybe you already are. Maybe you're like, yeah, I'm rocking it at my job. Like people know that I'm a Christian and I'm preaching the gospel no matter where I am and I'm patient all of the time. Please pray for me. But if you want to stand out more, I want you to put your hand on your heart as like an act to the Lord that, hey, use me. Because guess what? After today, all the time, he's giving us an opportunity to stand out. And unfortunately, sometimes we conform because we're afraid of what somebody's going to say or what somebody's thinking of us. But that's exactly the opposite of what he's called us to do. He's called us to stand out amongst the ones that are saying things against what we believe. He's called us to just be who we are and be who he's called us to be, knowing with a confidence that he's living inside of me and living inside of you. So God, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for living inside of us. I thank you for just coming and being who you are inside of us. God, I pray that we would get a revelation of who we are and who you are because when we know who you are and who is inside of us, we will not live another day in fear of man. Fear of man is shattered tonight in Jesus' name. We will not conform to the opinions around us. We will not, we will not continue to like imitate what is going on around us. We will not conform to the opinions and the culture and the things that our people are saying and the fear that is in the world. But instead, we will instill peace no matter where we are. We will spread peace and love. When we are squeezed in trials, I pray that you would come out of us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, a peace that surpasses all understanding would flood our minds and would, would begin to overflow out of us. No matter where we go, no matter who we encounter, they would know that we are different because of our love. We put our hands on our heart because we want to be used by you. We want to stand out for you. We want to stand out for you and for our neighbor. We will not look the same as the world looks, but we will look how you've designed us to look. We thank you for trusting us with your word, and we repent for conforming. We repent for conforming to the world because we are different, because we do stand out, because you live inside of us. You've made your home inside of us. We thank you. We love you. And we're ready to make the biggest impact on the world. We're ready to be the church. We're ready to be who you've called us to be. Is anybody with me? In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.